Well, a pleasant good evening to you. So glad you could join us here on a Sunday night. It is Gridiron Wrap here on 760 WJR. He is Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. And and Bill, this was just one of those games, this first game here today. Yeah. Uh, I it, Listen, I got no other way to say it. You, you, you feel badly for San Francisco. It yeah. was a heck of a season. Uh, I, Brock Purdy was a heck of a story. Uh, but this was one from the early get-go. I, I think it's safe to say you and I have watched a lot of football in our in our life, and the first thing we said to each other is, "You kind of knew early on how this one was going to turn out." Yeah, I mean, when when pro, uh, when um, uh, you know Philly drives right down the field, not not totally unexpected, but a little surprising that. Uh, that they would do that. And then of course the long pass uh, that was ruled catch wasn't reviewed. Um, and it shows that the ball hit the ground. You know, that was like the first domino, the first break to go uh, the Eagles way and uh, go against San Francisco. And then when Purdy got hurt uh, and then Johnson gets hurt and it's just like, it really was a weird feeling watching the game and I, I, I try to go inside the, you know, the 49ers, you know, uh, locker room, if you will. And they're probably just numb right now. They're just like, well, yeah, we lost on the scoreboard, but it wasn't our real team. You know, we didn't have a chance. I mean, you know, they're, they don't have a quarterback for more than a half of the game that can throw the ball. And, uh, when and then the other thing I think that happened early, and I've always felt and I've always seen when you you get to this this stage in the season and the emotion of these games, the first three drives touchdown score uh, drives for the um, Eagles all had officiating calls that contributed to the drive. Yep. You know you can argue whether the calls were right or wrong. But the 49ers got to be thinking, okay, what in the world's going on here? And um, and there were some calls that could have probably gone either way, um, but they all contributed. Uh, they kept the, I think it was was it the second drive? They had three three penalties that kept the drive alive, and you can't win that way, especially on the road when the home team is getting those calls. So, uh, but yeah, what a what a like I, I said, a numb feeling, I think, that the 49ers have right now. Um, it's almost hard even for their fans to get angry after this game because when uh, the, the two quarterbacks got hurt, I mean, it, it was what it predictably was going to be, and that was all all Eagles. Yep. And that's, you know, the interesting thing about it is it was – the prototypical Eagle game where, you, you know, you look at the numbers and it's not like anybody lit it up. You know, I know Jalen Hurts had 121 yards passing bill, 121 yards passing, yeah. no, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And, and, you know, that running game, I mean, they, they had 148 yards on the ground and, and, and yet, they win going away, and and, yeah. and it really does go back to that which you said. You, you got to feel for Brock Purdy, especially when he came back in. Bill, clearly this was a guy that wasn't going to be able to go down the field. He, he threw no. one three-yard pass, and you could tell, okay, yeah. something's wrong with that elbow, and, and this, is, this is just game, set, match. 
Yeah, it was, uh, and, and you see the immediate reaction uh, when the backup got hurt. You see McCaffrey getting a new helmet, and people probably wondering why. What's the deal with the helmet? Well, that was the communication system. Yep. The equipment manager for the 49ers, Jay Brunetti, was out there. Jay and I worked together in Washington, and he's frantically trying to, because the helmets are are built to fit. You know, they're custom for each player. So he has to, I, I presume, transfer the mechanism from inside one helmet to the other when it appeared, at least for a point in the game, that uh, McCaffrey was just going to go shotgun and do whatever he could, which might have been, you know, in hindsight, even a better option. Because, um, you know, when you're in shotgun and you're in, you know, the Wildcat, you got one more blocker, technically. That's yeah. the whole logic of it. Yep. Um so it was just, uh, yeah, it, it, I can't remember, and I'm sure there have been games like that that started out so competitive, uh, you know, at least on paper and the expectation, um, and then went, you know, went a totally different direction just because of injuries. So, uh, yeah, a, a very strange one. Yeah, uh, Josh Johnson, I mean, he, he, there's your yeah. poster child for a guy – there's a good living to be made as a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Bill drafted in 2008. I mean, he's kicked around. He was yeah. even here in Detroit yeah. uh, for a while on the practice squad back in 2019. But this is a guy still making a living. And, uh, you know, my goodness gracious, you feel sorry for a guy like that. You know, a, yeah. a golden opportunity in, in, in the NFC championship game and thrown into just a, a – I mean, I don't want to call it an impossible situation, but a very difficult yeah. uh, situation. Guy's 36 years old, though. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, if that, <laughs> if that doesn't tell you the premium on quarterbacks right. today, you yeah. know, a, a guy taken out of San Diego back in 2008. Yeah, you're right. And and there was a moment in the game in the in the first half where, you know, the crowd got quiet. I think there was some nervousness amongst the Eagle fans because the 49ers were almost recharged yeah. a little bit, it seemed. And then, and then Josh and uh, Johnson goes down. Um, but you think about it, you know, he's been in the league all this time. He's a pro quarterback. He can throw the ball, obviously. So when, when has a team ever gotten to its four string quarterback in a playoff game? I mean, that's <laughs> essentially, you know, and I guess, you know, even in reality, it was the fifth string quarterback because <laughs> it was somebody couldn't even throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when Purdy had to go back in the game. Well, you bring up such a good point, too, because I was texting some of my buddies during the game, and I, I thought to myself, why don't you just put Debo or Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and just run the yeah. Wildcat? I, yeah. You know, I, I'm not being disrespectful. You no. probably would have had a better chance. I mean, you weren't coming back in this game anyway. But at no. least let's see if you can get something going. No, I agree with that. I we've talked about Debo. Uh, I think as recently as last week, what a threat he is, what a unique player he is. Just get the ball in his hands and let him do what he does. And the same with McCaffrey. I mean, that touchdown run by McCaffrey was phenomenal. Um, and then when you start having some success, uh, you got you got you know, the, the Eagles defense thinking a little bit, but it didn't play out that way. And, you know, I, I thought there was some irony 
on the play that Johnson got hurt. He got hit by Indomitian Sue. Yeah. And the pass was almost intercepted by Darius Slay. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Lions fans uh, that, that noticed that were cringing a little bit uh, and probably had flashbacks to uh, when uh, those two were wearing Honolulu blue and silver. But, uh, but you know, the Eagles, uh, they still had the score on the 49ers defense. And, you know, despite what I had mentioned about the – the one scoring driver, a couple of them being aided by calls, you know, they're, they, they did a good job. Um, and like you said, it was balanced. It was yep. not just one person. It was, uh, it was a total team effort. How about Jalen Hurts? What, what, what a oh. statistical anomaly. Yeah. Uh, Bill playoffs. He's got yeah. 107 or excuse me, 275 yards passing in two games. That's amazing. And they've put up 69 points. Yeah. I, it's just yeah. amazing to see what the Eagles yeah. are doing right now. It's amazing. You know, you, uh, <laughs> you, when you mentioned those numbers, it, it made me immediately think, okay, what quarterback has ever had such, not even pedestrian stats in such an important game. And then I, I immediately flashed back to the Super Bowl here in Detroit, Roethlisberger, you know, the Steelers, in some respects, won in spite of him that day. Yeah. he wasn't that good. He only threw for 120. He completed 9 of 21 for 123 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a rating of 22.6. Okay. But Oy. they won. Yeah. They won. Yeah. And uh, and while... Uh, uh, Hertz's rating, I'm sure, was much higher today. Um, still, it's the beauty of football. It's it's such a team game, and the Eagles uh, proved that today. And they got they got a great performance from the both of their their lines. Their interior, you know, O line, D line, really had great days today. Uh, speaking of statistical anomalies, uh, this Eagles team is in a very special class so far with their playoff performances. And we'll talk about that when we come back because Bill immediately uh, remembered one of the teams that is in this <laughs> yeah. select category. And Bill, I've, yeah. I've confessed to you multiple times. I have no problem. This team was everything I wanted my team to be when I was a kid. I no, yeah. no other way to say that. We'll talk about that when we come back, obviously let you know what's going on with the Bengals and chiefs right now as well. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Gridiron Wrap on a Sunday night. So glad you could join us. 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. It is Gridiron Wrap here on a Sunday night. Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. Kansas City, a couple of field goals have a 6 nothing lead uh, early moments of the second quarter. So we'll keep you apprised of that. Uh, Bill, before we went to the break, though, I kind of teased this stat that I saw come up. The Eagles are now the fifth team to win the divisional playoffs and the conference championship by at least 21 points. Each of the previous four teams won the Super Bowl. And wow. immediately, and when I say immediately, folks, I mean I think he was spitting out the Chicago Bears before I even finished that stat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill Keenest said the Bears, and you are absolutely right. Uh, that dominant Bears team in 85 with a couple of uh, shutouts, as a matter of fact, 
uh, en route to that uh, crushing 46 to 10 victory over the New England Patriots back yeah. in 85. And I, I think um, Washington was close when they beat us in the championship game. They beat Atlanta the week before, and it was a miserable day at the stadium uh, at RFK. I just remember, I think they gave out seat cushions at the game. And by the second half with the cold weather and freezing rain, it was also raining seat cushions at RFK. <laughs> but I think, I, I, I don't remember what the final score was, but I think it was something like 24-7, 31-7. And then, of course, they beat uh, they beat us forty one ten, but uh, you know seventeen ten game at halftime, so much closer than the final score indicated. But uh, yeah, the Eagles they're they're tough at home, ain't, ain't no doubt about that. They they've uh, they've showed that all season. You know that that Bears team, Bill. When I when I think of great Super Bowl champions, uh, mm -hmm. that is one immediately comes to my mind. And, yeah. You know, I again I was a kid. And I, I watched with complete jealousy. I can admit it. They were another team build that uh, that defense. Uh, everybody talks about the '85 uh, Bears defense, and for good reason. But it wasn't like Jim McMahon was lighting it up each and no. every week. He could if he had to. I think you'll remember that uh, that that Monday night game where he came off the bench against the Vikings. Oh my gosh! Behind victory, <laughs> uh, where he's screaming at Ditka to put me back in the yeah. game, and yeah. Uh, that, that, first, that's first play in the game. Yep. He throws, throws a touchdown. <laughs> first play. That that was the game. That was the game leading up to the game that week. Ditka called the Metrodome a roller rink or something. And he is literally on roller skates in the Bears facility, skating around the facility. Oh, so he man. was, I mean, could you imagine seeing a coach do that today? What a job. Um, he was having fun with it. But, um, and then you, you remember the uh, the final regular season game that year, first series of the game, uh, we got the ball and Wilbur Marshall Hill hits Joe Ferguson and right and knocked him out literally. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, that Bears team uh, was so physically intimidating. It really was. I mean, they they didn't just beat you up; they hurt you. And uh, and the other thing I remember about that that Bears uh, team that year, their offensive line didn't miss any games. They started the same five guys the whole year. Oh. And I remember doing some work uh, at the end of our season because we had a bunch of injuries on the O-line. I think our starters missed a total of 109 games. And the Bears O-line didn't miss any. Oh. So when you have that continuity coupled with a defense like they had, uh, no wonder there can, I mean, that, that defense, uh, I just saw a, uh, a ranking, a poll or whatever of the top five defenses of all time. And, and that one was at least in this entry, if you will, was rated as the best defense of all time. The Ravens defense in 2000 yeah. up there as well. Yep. Uh, Bill, you know what? So, you, you mentioned Ferguson. I didn't it seem like every week they knocked out a quarterback. I, I know it wasn't every week, but yeah. That's one no. of those things like I could I remember yeah. them I, I just a random memory bill they went down to Dallas and beat the Cowboys 44 to nothing. No. In fact that you it, sure. you yeah. just didn't do that. You know, I mean no. they, you didn't do that and and they beat them no. 44 to nothing and I Danny White just got 
pulverized in that game. And it, it was like, yeah. you know, that was the year, you know, for years, you and I have talked about this. You would see Washington Philly on as, as the summer all Madden game or Dallas, Washington or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Every week, the Chicago Bears seemed to be the game of the week on, at the time, CBS. Yeah. You know, because this was before Fox jumped in the game. And the, the NFC right. games were on CBS and Madden and Summerall were doing them. Mm-hmm. Every week, it seemed like Madden and Summerall were doing yeah. the Bears games that year. So we saw them mm-hmm. almost every week. And uh, so it's funny yeah. that you mentioned Ferguson. I, it just seemed like they knocked out a quarterback constantly. That yeah, they they were, they were, they, they did that. I mean, they were hurting people and they were good the year before. What I remember vividly of, of the 84 season, they went into RFK where the Redskins were invincible at home during the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, I, up until this point, I don't know that they'd ever lost a home game and, uh, the Bears went in there, and I'm not sure if it was the wild card or division round, and beat beat Washington in RFK in the first round or second round of the playoffs. So you know, you knew right then that the Bears were were uh, heading up the mountain, and I think they lost to San Francisco, um, you know, ultimately in the playoffs in '84. San Francisco went on to win the Super Bowl that year, and then the following year they just got on a roll and, and it never never stopped. Yeah. That 85 team with the one, you know, the game in Miami that was almost predictable, the Monday night game, you know, <laughs> you know, the perfect record, all that, all that, you know, sidebar stuff, uh, pop the champagne, Mercury Morse. <laughs> and uh, other than that game, they, they, I don't know that they ever had a, they may have had some close games, but uh, not very many. Yeah, that was, I Bill, late in the year, a Monday night game. Uh, had yeah. to have been uh, in, incredible uh, in regards to the ratings, but 38-24, remember yeah. it plain as day. I, you know, watching that, just mm-hmm. going, wow, could they go unbeaten? And and that ended up being yeah. their only loss of the year. And the, the crazy thing about that that I remember, Bill, is, and, and I'm looking it up right now in fairness, they mm-hmm. had given up three points in their previous three games. They beat the wow. Lions 24 wow. to 3, the Cowboys 44 yeah. to nothing, the Falcons 36 to nothing, and they wow. gave up 38 points that night at, at the Orange wow. Bowl. And, and it was it was amazing, wow. you know? Yeah. Well, football's a game of matchups, and uh, you know, it's not who you play necessarily, but when you play them and just all the other factors. And you know, Marino uh, at that time in his career was as good as anybody. Yep, and they had the Marks brothers, Stuper and Clayton. You know, they had they had a really good offense and uh, a decent defense, and uh, that was their night. That was definitely their night. Yeah, it's certainly one of the best teams I've ever seen. But while we're on the yeah. subject, Bill, do you have one? Do do you have a a team that sticks out to you? I know you saw some great Redskin teams, some great mm-hmm. Steeler teams. Is is there a yeah. team that sticks the out ste- to you? Well, the red the Redskin team in '83. Uh, lost two regular season games, each by one point. Yeah. Both on Monday night. Uh, the opener was against uh, Dallas. Yep. And Washington had a big lead. Dallas came back. Uh, that was the game when Daryl Green became a bit of a household name for perhaps the first time. He uh, 
ran down Tony Dorsett. Dorsett had broken away for a long game, and Daryl Green ran him down, um, the first of many. Uh, and then the the um, the Redskins lost the game in October. Might have been Halloween, right around Halloween, a Monday night game to Lynn Dickey and the Packers. Yep. And it was the highest scoring game in Monday night history. And it literally went down to the last play. And Mark Mosley, who, believe it or not, sports fans, was the NFL's MVP the year before. Yep. Kicker. Okay. Now, he was phenomenal that year, 82. Made a number of game-winning last-second, last-minute field goals. But that's probably the first and only time a kicker has won the MVP award. Um, it came down to like a, it was a 37 yard field goal, I think to win the game. And he missed it. He missed it. So the Packers won, I think it was like I said, 49, 48, something like I remember Um, that. Yep. Yeah. And they cruised through the playoffs. Uh, I shouldn't say that the first round, they beat uh, the Rams like 51 to seven, just annihilated the Rams. And then they played the 49ers. Um, they're up 21 nothing going into the fourth quarter. The 49ers came back to tie the game. And you ask any San Francisco fan about officiating. <laughs> Today, they'll have an opinion. In that game, they'll have an even greater opinion because there were a couple calls in that game that kept the, the Washington drive alive that ultimately led to the game-winning field goal that mostly Mosley made at that time. But that that Redskin team was phenomenal. And then I'll tell you a team, and we've talked about it, I think, on the show. Um, and I grew up in Pittsburgh, followed the Steelers. Uh, their, their team in 76 that did not get to the Super Bowl may have been the best defensive team ever. They lost all their quarterbacks, and a rookie, Mike Kruzek, had to play. And for six games, he had to he had to step in and play because Bradshaw, uh, Joe Gillum, uh, I'm, I'm not sure there was another quarterback that got hurt. And there was a there was like four straight games that they didn't give up a touchdown, didn't give up a touchdown like that that Bears run that they had in '85. And, and for a period of six games, I think the Steelers defense gave up ten points total, total, and. Uh, they, uh, they ended up getting to the playoffs. They beat Baltimore in the first round handedly, but they lost Franco Harris and Rocky Blower, their two running backs, to injuries in that game. And then the next week they go to Oakland, and, um, and the Raiders ultimately uh, not only beat the Steelers, but uh, won the Super Bowl. So that, that Washington team in 83 was phenomenal. Um, and, I still uh, can't figure that Super Bowl out, Bill. I remember watching it you know as a kid. I, I still can't yeah. figure it out. Well, I'll tell you, I was not surprised by that, and mm. I'll tell you why. Earlier in the season, um, the Raiders went to RFK for an October game, and it was probably the best regular season game of the year. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, the Raiders went into that game without a number of their key players. I mean, they had two or three Pro Bowl players that were injured and didn't play in that game. But the game went down to the last minute. And ironically, 
ironically, here's a here's a trivia question. Uh, depending on how you would frame it, I guess a trivia question. But that regular season game contributed directly to the Super Bowl in 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 the in the Raiders win. And here's how: uh, in that regular season game, the the Redskins were backed way up, and Joe Gibbs called, I think it was called Rocket Screen, I'm, I'm not sure the name of the play, to Joe Washington, little Joe Washington. And like I said, Washington was backed up. He goes like 67 yards, almost scores. Huge play in the game, turned the tide, Washington ends up winning. So flash forward to the Super Bowl. Remember at the end of the first half? Oh, yeah. Washington's backed up, backed up. Charlie Sumner was the Raiders defensive coordinator. And you'll get a laugh out of this one, Scotty B. And he either called timeout or recognized something. He had a flashback to that play. He immediately, you know, right after the previous down, or maybe that was on first down, he sends Jack Squarick into the game and takes out Matt Millen. And I remember Matt saying how ticked off he was. He's coming to the sideline, huffing and puffing at Charlie. Why'd you take me out of the game? <laughs> well, Charlie Sumner remembered that play from two or three months earlier. And guess what play they called? The exact same play. And Sumner told Squirek to make sure that you watch little Joe Washington. And he covered him, intercepted the pass. And uh, that that was probably the most devastating uh, last, last, you know, half touchdown in Super Bowl history. That was I, I still remember that Sports Illustrated picture. Like like square like yeah. like literally yeah. holding the ball yeah. and Theisman just yeah. looking at him going, Are you serious? I mm-hmm. remember that plain as day. Yeah. Thirty eight to nine that Super Bowl. That right. was uh yeah because I'm with you. That that, that was red skin team. Woo boy and I remember late in the yeah. season that Dallas Washington game. Uh, you know, we talked about so many of those mm-hmm. Dallas Washington games, and this on the heel oh, yeah. of that incredible yeah. Monday night, yeah. and and the the Redskins mm-hmm. just pounded them in the second half down in, in yeah. Dallas. They and, did, uh, and and let me add this, Sean, and we've talked about this before. Those games are your 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 team and your players are such an emotional level that it's hard to describe, and. You know, there there have been Super Bowls over the years where a few things go right or wrong for a team, and it snowballs. Well, in that game, it was still, it was still, you know, maybe a, a three point game, maybe a, a one score game. The Raiders are punting from inside their territory, and the snap goes ten feet in the air. Ray Guy goes up with one hand and catches the snap. And gets off an amazing punt. That play, if any other punters in there, it's a touchdown or safety for Washington. No question. They're going to recover the ball. I mean, it it was as anybody that wants a Google Ray guy punt Super Bowl in Tampa and see how high he is off the ground. It was remarkable. And that that play, you know, saved the Raiders so much in my opinion and if it had gone the other way Washington gets some momentum things change quickly and who knows what might have happened who knows yeah good point we're up against a break as a matter of fact uh, we apologize to our fine producer tonight Mike Parsons 
we blew past the break. I'm sorry for that, Mike. We'll get back on track now. Bill and I start talking about the 70s and 80s. It's going to be a long night, and that's what we're doing here. It's Gridiron Wrap. Glad you could join us on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. It is Gridiron Wrap. Uh, we know the Philadelphia Eagles will be representing the NFC in uh, the Super Bowl coming up in a couple weeks from today. Still waiting on Bengals Chiefs. And, uh, Bill, on a fourth and one, Patrick Mahomes just hits Travis Kelsey for a 14-yard yeah. touchdown. And Kansas City's offense has not been stopped yet today. Three drives, two field goals, and a touchdown. And they're an extra point away from going up 13-3. to three. Yeah, kudos to Kansas City. And uh, we talked about it earlier, Kelsey. Uh, you know, there was, there was talk the last couple of days concerned about him playing because of back spasms that flared up, uh, I guess, Friday at practice. What a difference maker that guy is. And uh, in the on the other side, the, the Bengals, I think I think early in the game, you saw you saw some great coaching by Spagnola in the in the Chiefs defense because the first two drives that the Bengals had the ball, he gets sacked on third down. That just hasn't happened forever for the Bengals. Um, and he's such an, an aware pocket quarterback. If anything, he's going to scramble out and get rid of the ball, um, you know, throw it away. But the first two, first two series, he gets sacked on third down, and uh, they're showing the replays right now of the sacks. Um, so, uh, you know, the Bengals, they've not flinched all year. They've been a second-half team in games like this. So I don't think anybody uh, assumes anything with respect to uh, Kansas City having the lead it does right now because uh, if the Bengals have proven anything, it's that they can come back. They're a team with swagger. We talked about it all year, and I I, I don't yeah. think it's that. Uh, Bill, I'm going to say I, I think they're going to win the game. I still think they're going to win the game. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to go against – what's going on with Cincinnati right mm -hmm. now. It, it, it's it's kind of twofold and no disrespect to Kansas City. They've been there. They've done that. Obviously, they got themselves mm -hmm. a Super Bowl a couple years back and good for Andy Reid. But uh, even being down by 10, I think you're out of your mind if, if, you're, if you're cutting out Joey B and, and the Bengals at this point in time. No, I agree. And, and football is a game of adjustments. And you got, you know, two great coaching staffs. And there's no question – that they'll both take something from the first half, in particular the Bengals offensively. Um, you know, they'll take a look at what, what Kansas City's been doing, make the adjustments. And uh I, I don't I don't disagree with you, Sean. I I would have no no problem expecting Cincinnati to come back as they have all year. And and there's a part of me that almost thinks they just had a shot of Burrow on the sideline and he's like, Yeah, this is good. This is just no, he's not saying that, but I'm thinking he's thinking that. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Okay, let him let him think they got us. They don't have us. You know, we got we got 30 more plus minutes to play in this thing. At least uh, that money. Uh, you know, Bill, I I certainly don't want to let the opportunity pass without talking about the Lions. Uh, you and I I know mm -hmm. feel the same way as a lot of other people in this town. I I really think they're on the cusp of something special. I I, I mean yeah. that. I'm not being a homer. I would hope that anybody that knows me knows I'm not a guy that just says things to say things. I'm, I'm going to say it if I believe it, and they're on the cusp of, of, of something special. Uh, reports today, I'm sure you saw it. Adam Schefter, of course, was first, that the Packers mm -hmm. may be ready to move on from mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. 
Hey, listen, best of luck to you, Aaron. Go do it someplace else. I'm sick of you ripping my heart out. I, as long as that guy's in the league, Bill, I'm going to be terrified of Aaron Rodgers. Well, I don't want to happen two two times a year. How's that? I I understand that that opinion, Sean. But when I heard that, I'm almost thinking, no, <laughs> the Lions beat the Lions beat him twice this year. Good point, okay. touche. Don't yes. give. Don't give Green Bay two number one draft picks, you know, or more, depending on what it would take. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? But um, as Dan Campbell has has preached and most great coaches, you know, have this philosophy. Let's take care of what we can take care of. Let's worry about us. Let's do what we have to do. And we'll play whomever, whenever, wherever. And, uh, but <laughs> I, uh, you know, if, if the Packers were to do that, it wouldn't be that different than what the Lions did trading Matthew yeah. a couple of years ago, yep. depending on what you get back and depending on most importantly, what you're able to do with those players that you might get back, uh, as compensation in draft picks. And I, listen, no disrespect to Jordan Love. I've been wrong before, but I don't think this is a situation where Brett Favre beget Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to beget no. Jordan Love. I don't think he's there yet. Uh, you've heard Brad Holmes talk about it. And he cited Aaron Rodgers. He cited Patrick Mahomes. It's okay. If there's a guy you like, draft him. He can sit for a year. Bill, we grew up in an era where guys did that all the time. They, that that was mm -hmm. just part of the National Football League back yeah. in the day. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But I think a lot of people are going to go into next season. My hand is way up in the air right now <laughs> thinking, yeah. hey, you know, Bill, there's a chance they could win this division next no year. No question. Pretty oh, exciting. I, I, I absolutely – expect them to be favored to win this division sure because just just think back to uh uh late in the year when the vikings came to ford field and it was what the first time in nfl history when a whatever the vikings were 11 and 2 at the time uh were underdogs to a team that was under 500 or some yeah. some crazy stat and the Lions won so yep. uh i i i'd be surprised if the Lions weren't the prohibitive favorites to win the uh, NFC North next year. Absolutely. Well, listen, one more break. We'll let you know what's happening in Kansas City. Boy, things are going the Chiefs' way. We'll talk about yeah. it when we come back. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Gridiron Wrap on a Sunday night on 760 WJR. Well, you know, Bill, the, uh, the Chiefs have uh, kind of complained not so quietly the last few days about the uh, – Lack of respect uh, for not only what they've mm -hmm. done this year, but the last few years. And uh, maybe, just maybe, Patrick Mahomes heard me say that I still like <laughs> the Bengals in this game because yeah. uh, they picked off Joe Burrow, and, and just like that, the Chiefs are back in, well, close to scoring position. It'd be a, a long field goal, but uh, last I checked, third and ten, uh, from the Bengal 39 just before right. the two-minute drill. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the game's going their way so far. Uh, Mahomes just overthrew receiver for uh, for the the uh, third on the third down play. So I presume they'll try a field goal, which would be a win for the Cincinnati defense uh, to have stopped them after that interception. That's a one of those sudden change 
uh, situations that uh, the defense just wants to wants to hold them, and they did. And uh, and here's something for you: we talked about the Chiefs defense and Sack and Burrow on the first two series. Do you know who the D line coach is for the Chiefs this year, Shawnee B? No, who is it? Joe Cullen, former Lions D line oh, coach. Oh, Joe Cullen. Who, yes. Who is? Yes. Yeah, he's 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 a tremendous person, let alone coach. I have the utmost respect for that guy, and I uh, had some, you know, obviously documented troubles in Detroit, but uh, uh, you know, stood up to everything. Um, and he has had a phenomenal career uh, in the NFL ever since, and uh, he's got his D-line playing well today, I'll tell you. So uh, now the Bengals are backed up. It'll be interested, interesting to see what they do. But, um, yeah, they've had, they've had three drives in the first half that have been, you know, two or three and out, and one was uh, an interception. So Chiefs defense is, is uh, winning this game right now. For Kansas City, uh, you know, I, I'll get back to Joe Cullen for a second. Uh, you you got to be doing something right, Bill, to last in the league as long as a guy like yes. that has lasted in the league. You, you listen, yeah. they you know this better than I, but I I'll I'll say it and I'll let you yeah. kind of say. Listen, they will weed mm-hmm. you out if you don't know what you're doing. They will oh. weed you out, and that guy yes. has hung around for a long time in the National Football League. Right, and he's uh, he's earned it every bit of way he. Uh, you know, he learned under perhaps the best D-line coach ever in Rod Marinello. Uh, yep. Rod hired him, tutored him, counseled him, taught him. And I don't know of anyone better uh, historically. And I think if you ask anybody that knows defensive football and the D-line position, they would uh, they would tell you Rod was, was a professor when it came to that. And uh, but Joe had, you know, the rough the rough go here. Uh, took a few steps back in order to move forward, and uh, he's done nothing but that. He's he's done very well for himself, and uh, and Kansas City, like I said, their defense is showing up so far today. When's the last time the Bengals only had three points in the first half? I mean, absolutely. I, you know, I'm sure it's happened, but uh, that's that looks like that's what's going to be for them this year. So uh, Spagnola and Joe Cullen and the rest of the the Chiefs D. D line or D staff is uh, doing a great job. You know, I, I can't help but think, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Bill, we were doing a draft show that day out at the facility in Allen Park. As, yeah. as you well know, uh, the Lions put on a fantastic show for season ticket holders mm-hmm. and, and some of the media out in Allen Park on draft day. And, and I still remember when Patrick Mahomes got drafted, it, it, you know, there were a lot of people, including a bunch of us at the table, there was Brandy and me and, you know, draft expert Scott Bischoff going, what are the Chiefs doing yeah. taking this Mahomes yeah. at 10? Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of people were openly talking about that on some of the telecasts and everything. Uh, Bill, you can't put a price tag on still what an inexact science it is. Right. And Andy Reid and those guys saw something that made them say, this guy's perfect for what we want to do. No question, Sean. And what what has always gotten me over the years is there were probably a lot of pundits, a lot of experts saying, "You can't draft that guy in the first round." Now maybe the second round, yeah. maybe the third round. <laughs> What's the difference if yeah. you? Okay, you draft a quarterback in the second round, you're expecting him to play, right? You yep. are. 
Yep. You absolutely are to contribute, to be a player. And that was one thing that I just could never get over. Um, you know, all these commentaries. Well, you can't draft him in the first round. Second round, I'd be okay with that. What's the difference? And <laughs> and more than that, more importantly than that, is it's what the scouts, you know, the GM, the coaches that work these young men out, what they see in them. It matters most. If you believe in a guy, if you see something, draft him. Yeah. Stay true to your conviction, your convictions. And some of the best GMs, you know, throughout history have done that. And they've been ridiculed probably more than the average GMs with their early picks. Sort of like that one. Sort of like that one. And um, I remember when uh, the Colts took Freeney, the defensive end, out of Syracuse, I think. I think it was like 18th, maybe 11th. I don't know. Bill Polian was the GM and everybody panned that pick. Oh my gosh. How could you pick him? I think he had a close to a hall of fame career, you know, and, uh, and you, it's an inexact science. We all know that, but these guys spend an incredible amount of time, another interception. Oh my gosh. Uh, although there is a flag down, um, uh, Burrow just got picked off on a uh, mm. on a deflection, but it looks like the penalty may be against Kansas City. So, uh, yes, pass interference against Kansas City. So, the uh, interception is uh, nullified, and the Bengals retain the ball. So, anyways, no, I I agree with you 100%, Shawnee B. You can't measure the things that are most important. You can't. Amen. Bill, always a pleasure. It flies by. Look forward to chatting with you again. Uh, Everybody enjoy the second half of this one. I'm not counting up the Bengals yet. Mike Parsons, thank you. Bill Keenis, thank you. Have a great night, everybody.